Welcome to Inside Groove, the only motorsports show where supermodifieds are king. Methanol is aromatic and the drivers carry their balls in a bag. Inside Groove is powered by IPC Indy, creating performance parts and solutions for the automotive, aerospace, and communications industries. Here's your host and fellow superholic, Race Chaser Media's Tom Baker. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Inside Groove Super Modified Podcast, episode number 86. We'll get to the significance of 86 a little bit later on in the program in our usual segment of What's in a Number. But uh, glad to have you here. My name is Tom Baker. It is good to be back with you again. Super Sunday as it is. Um, and I think we're going to kind of keep this rolling, at least through the off season, uh, the idea of releasing these shows on Sundays. And so um, that way we achieve some consistency here and you'll know when to expect them. And here's what we're going to do because it is the month of November and we have Thanksgiving coming up. And then, of course, in December, we get Christmas we are going to do the the goal here is this show will come out episode 86. You're obviously listening to it. Um, so we are going to look to do one more show in the month of November toward the end of the month. And then we are going to do two shows, we hope, in December. So basically every couple of weeks, a new show will drop. That's uh, That's the goal here. I'm also trying to be sensitive to the time that I'm spending getting ready to launch the new brand, which is coming along very nicely now. We've added a couple of new pieces to it here in the last month. So I uh, think soft launch between now and the end of the year and a formal launch, if you will, um, right after New Year's. So early January is looking like the time frame. But the social medias are out, and I encourage you to give them a like or a follow, whatever the particular media calls for uh, like us on Facebook follow us on Twitter and follow us on Instagram uh, and if you're on LinkedIn go ahead and give us uh, a follow or a like whatever that is on that too it's uh, steering wheel nation is the new brand at the wheel nation t-h-e the at the wheel nation um, on all uh, three Facebook Twitter and Instagram just uh, type that in the search bar on the social and you'll find it um, give them a, a like, follow, whatever, because uh, we're 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 putting content up, and we're going to continue to do that. We're gonna that's a place where you're going to slowly sort of see what's happening with the new brand. And one of the goals that I set for myself for launching this new brand was the idea that I wanted a way to develop some sort of a system for being able to deliver new content directly to you without you having to be on Facebook or be on Twitter, be on Instagram, whatever, because I know that some of you aren't on Facebook or maybe you aren't on Instagram or you aren't on Twitter. Or some of you may not be on any of them, um, but the we wanted to develop a system where we could, and that's what we're working on. So, um, we're going to have two ways to make that happen. And we're excited about both of them because once we have them in place, we'll be able to then use each of them 
kind of differently, but for the common purpose of, um, you know, some quick and exclusive content that we can produce that maybe we just, you know, don't want to take the trouble of throwing up on all the socials, but we want to be able to deliver it straight to the audience because that's really what I'm interested in is um, I'm interested in building a community and that's what we're trying to do. And that's really where we're going with all of this. So I know it sounds still sort of mysterious and vague, but, um, you know, all of that's kind of coming. And, and we've had, like I said, a couple of new uh, new additions here, new wrinkles. So excited about all that. But anyways, so the goal will be this show and one more in November, and then hopefully we'll get two in December. Bear with me. Um, but uh, we'll get at least one for sure. We hope two. And then um, we, by the time January rolls around, if everything comes together at the rate that it's going, um, you're gonna you're gonna be able to to see what what we've been working on so hard for the past year, and by then it'll be a year and some change. So um, that's where we're at. So welcome to this show. It's episode eighty six. Now this show, the last show, kind of was very involved. We had a couple of guests and and uh, we had some features and a lot of stuff that we were kind of trying to accomplish with that show. This show, um, sometimes you're at a point where instead of kind of, you know, having a lot of uh, stuff going on, you just realize that a certain show is kind of designed for us to just not overcomplicate it. And I feel like this is one of those shows. We have finished... The super modified season, basically, we have um, put all that to bed. And we're already starting to talk about next year, and that is exactly what this show is going to deal with. This show is going to deal with 2022. Uh, our featured guest today is John Nicotra, and uh, I wasn't sure. Uh, I've known John for a while. We've had some conversations, but to be honest with you, I couldn't say that I, I've known him really super well, other than to know he's been around a while. And so sometimes when you go to do an interview, you're just not quite sure what, it, what you're going to get or where it's going to go. I found John to be a really fascinating guy. We had a great conversation, I thought, anyway. I really enjoyed it even more than I expected to, and we... We talked about the new series that John has put together with the help of uh, uh, some some friends of his and of Supermodified Racing. And so uh, the goal for the interview was to promote that. And then I wanted to try to kind of dig into John's uh, Supermodified history a bit and racing history a bit because I really wasn't sure of everything that he had done or been involved with, but um, I thought that it would be cool to at least uh, kind of get you up to speed. So he was really great for that and and, uh, ended up telling some cool stories. So you're going to really enjoy the interview. And so I didn't want to over plan the show. I didn't want to put a whole lot of other stuff into this show. I'd thought about a second guest and I said, you know what? No, we need to make this show about because I feel like what John's doing is is a turning point here in big block super modifieds for 22 and could be sort of a base for more of and you know and, and hopefully maybe fingers crossed 
we're starting to bring the various spheres of influence in supermodified racing together for common good, which is awesome. I love it. So this show is going to be probably a bit shorter than the last few have been. Um, but I feel like sometimes it's quality over quantity. You all don't need to sit and hear me just ramble about nothing. If I have something to say, I say it. If I don't, then I try to get out of the way. And sometimes you just uh, don't want to get in the way of a good a good story and a good um, guest. And, and John was, was gracious to take the time to do it. And I hope that it won't be the, the last time. I hope that uh, we'll, we'll be hearing from John a couple of more times before opening day next year just with updates. I really want to do that. So... Um, we're, I'm going to kind of just step out of the way here, uh, in this opening segment, because I want to get to the interview. Now, when the interview is over, we'll obviously have a bit of a break. And then when we come back for our final segment, we'll talk what's in the number. And I also want to talk a little bit about, there is one topic that I want to talk a bit about, uh, um, briefly in, in the closing segment as well. So, uh, look forward to all of that. Uh, again, thanks to our sponsors and all of you fans who listen to the show every week. We appreciate it. And um, we'll get uh, started with the interview with John Nicotra about the new Top Wing Super Modified Series that's taking place at the Oswego Speedway next year in 2022. Right after these words, stay with us. We'll be back with more of The Groove, the other side of this. Okay, folks, I want to tell you about one of our sponsors here in Inside Groove, Indy Performance Composites. They're a premier composite design and manufacturing company creating performance parts and solutions for the automotive, aerospace, and communications industries. Jeff West and his team are amazing. They do all kinds of work in the motorsports industry from dirt tracks to NASCAR to IndyCar, super modifieds. It doesn't matter if you've got something that you need designed or fabricated. Let them help you transform your idea, your vision, and your budget into a workable, high-performance solution. They have all kinds of services from 3D printing to finishing services, end-to-end -end composite solutions is what they are. Check them out, ipcindy.com or indieperformancecompositesinc.com and tell them that the folks from Inside Groove set you. Welcome back to Inside Groove, and uh, we bring on to the show now our featured guest for the week, it is John Nicotra, and John has, along with several others, I'm sure, uh, and we're going to allow him to elaborate on the details, but uh, John has cooked up uh, something really cool for 2022 at the Oswego Speedway, and it's kind of started to trend from what I can see, um, and I love what I'm seeing. Okay, so John, first of all, Welcome to the groove. It's great to have you on the show. Um, talk a little bit about what is coming up with the three race top wing series for the Oswego Speedway in 2022. And what was the genesis of it? Talk about kind of how it came together and, uh, and, and what's involved here. 
Well, I mean, as everyone knows, uh, the car counts has been a struggle lately with uh, between COVID and the border closed. And, you know, it's just a tough time for everyone here with this, uh, the world we're in today. But um, so, you know, a bunch of us got together, you know, owners and sponsors and fans. And, you know, we came up with the idea that somehow we got to put something together to get the groups together and try to get some at least start off with some full car counts. And uh, that's what we did. You know, we got about 10 major sponsors on board and and uh, uh, kind of came together, you know, just, I don't know, it just kind of came together talking and uh, and this guy says, well, I'll give you this. And this guy says, I'll give you that. And I presented it to the Treacy's and uh, told them I had been working on it. And and they went for it, so we're, it's going to happen. I mean, I'm waiting for a Swiggle schedule to come out, but uh, uh, these three dates are, are set. Now, this is obviously a co-sanction between the Oswego Speedway, the Isma Supermodified Tour, and the Midwest Supermodified Series, um, which in and of itself is a huge step forward. We saw it with King of Wings uh, this season. Um, and and it, there are a couple of other things that are cooking outside of Oswego that are going to be co-sanctioned uh, between ISMA and MSS, um, which, you know, we'll get into in some detail later in the program. But, um, you know, I, I'm really excited that everybody's bought into this because that almost assures us that we're going to have a really strong car count. Yeah, I mean it's uh, uh, it's, it's been evident, you know, that they, these these groups need to work together to, to get the car count, and that's what the fans want. So at least you got to start out with a car count, and you know, uh, Roy May and uh, Holly and the Treacy's, and they all realize that without the car count, there's really not much hope. And, you know, anymore without sponsors, the wheels don't turn. So, uh, unfortunately, in racing, if you don't have sponsorship, there is no racing. Well, that's true. I mean, that there, there, is, uh, there is really, uh, I mean, and it's, it's that way in all of racing, obviously, not just super modifieds. But I think it's even more important that we, you know, we, and that's what a, a lot of people have been talking about over the last several years is we need to have a a series of some sort that becomes sort of that central base that everything else then uh, flows from. And I think that this series becomes that. So the way that this works, and again, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm reading this right off your Facebook because um, it's easier that way. So it's a three-race top-wing series. Um, all three uh, parties, ISMA, MSS, and Oswego, are all doing this together. Now, uh, there was an aspect to this that I I wasn't expecting, which is that there's going to be a point fund for the top ten for just these three races. So basically, your purses are about forty thousand dollars. You're looking at five grand to win, twelve hundred to start. And a $15,000 point fund for the top 10 after those three races. Did I get all that right? Yeah, that's right. That's what we put together. I mean, we kept uh, kept 
you know, hunting sponsorship, hunting sponsorship, and hopefully we get a, a, a good fan turnout, and that will help things. And if we have anything left over, uh, as far as some of the sponsorship, we're going to, uh, if we get enough fans to show up, we're going to add some money to the classic purse to make it uh, for the back of the field to have more start money. Nice. I mean, in a perfect world, I'd like to see, you know, twelve or fifteen hundred dollars to start the classic. Very nice. Yes, that would be awesome to see that because that's exactly what we need. Um, now you have three dates for this series already set. Um, they are June the fourth. July the 9th and August the 13th. So um, this is really a kind of a summer series, which I like because a uh, great time of year up there, obviously, and it fits kind of nice, n- neatly, <laughs> kind of neatly around, um, you know, the other big races that they have, uh, your, your 10 grand and your king of wings and, and so forth. Um, it, it kind of wraps right around those very nicely so we get to see you know a a few of the top wing shows the king of wings now becomes very important uh, because that's sort of a it's not a part of your series it doesn't sound like or at least you haven't said that that that's going to be one of the races in the series but um but it but the series helps that because it gives the the guys who don't run a swiggo every week an opportunity, you know, you got three chances to come in and, and dial the cars in all that chase the king of wings too. So that's kind of cool. Well, I, I mean, I'm not exactly sure what Chuck and uh, Johnny and Eric at, at Speedway are, are going to do. I think this will probably take the place of the king of wings. Okay. But I'm, you know, I, I'm waiting for their schedule to come out. I mean, uh, Lori May and, and Brad Lickie and Holly Lane kind of, uh, kept the dates open for for me to get my dates set. We had a bunch of dates we were looking at, and Chuck at Speedway here in Oswego, you know, picked these three dates, and as it turned out, they did work with Lori, and uh, Brad was working on the Berlin deal, and uh, whatever Howie's doing, he's on board with uh, uh, the three dates that uh, Chuck picked, so yeah. that's kind of that's where we stood with the dates, and then you know, of course, we wanted to get those out as soon as possible so Lori and Brad and uh, Howie could, you know, solidify whatever they were doing, you know, in their area. So it's kind of it's kind of been a, a group effort like anything else. It takes the whole group. And, you know, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking yeah. forward to the, uh, you know, the summer and getting some of these groups together. I don't think uh, Lori is going to make it a points race for the MSS. That's oh. up to her. Uh, I don't think she wanted to uh, make everybody uh, have to come out here. Some of the guys that maybe couldn't afford the trip or what have you, more of the local guys out that way. But you know, I know I've talked to all the guys out there, and we're going to get, you know, we're going to get, you know, I would say for sure around six of the uh, Ohio guys, and if we get to ten or twelve uh, Isma guys and six or eight. Oswego guys, you know, I might put a second car in that show at Oswego for the wings. Uh, you know, I'm 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 very confident we're going to have a full field and hopefully more. Yeah, I mean, I would think with 1,200 to start, they would take a big bite out of the cost of the trip. So hopefully we get uh, get more of the guys to come out. Um, but it just uh, it seems like just exactly what we need 
to kind of, I think we needed to reset the thinking a little bit. And this, I think, does that because um, now you've got something that can be built upon uh, going forward. And you've also got something that can be built around something that's going to spur more conversation about super modified racing and more interest, hopefully in super modified racing and more awareness of how amazing it is. And, um, so this, this is really, really cool. I love it. Okay. So we'll get back to that in a minute, but I want to, um, cause honestly <laughs> it's been driving me nuts the last few weeks, uh, because I, on a, on a, I think it was our pre-classic show is talking about, you know, auto running the classic and it kind of being, you know, maybe his last, you know, classic or regular, you know, a swiggo kind of deal or whatever. Um, and I was I was trying to talk about you and your history. And um, I mean, lately, it just seems like um, my my brain takes more frequent naps than it used to. And I know that you've been around Oswego forever, and I was trying to think in the earliest days of your kind of connection um, who you were kind of sponsoring or, or helping out. It, walk us through how you got involved at Oswego and talk about who you've kind of worked with, because I know you're going to – there's a name at some point you're going to say in this, and I'm going to go, that's right. I just can't – I couldn't make myself remember. Well, I mean, I started going to Speedway as a young boy, and my father took me up there, and I'd sit in the stands like any young kid, and, and you know, I fell in love with the place, and, and I'd go in the pits after the race, and, you know, of course, Jimmy Champagne and Nolan Swift and Art yeah. Bennett and all those guys, you know, Nellie Ward, and, you know, it's just something that, you know, it gets in your blood. And then, of course, uh, I moved to Florida for the – uh, winter season down there and kind of, you know, in, in my teenage years, kind of got away from coming back up here. So I, I was out of it for quite a while. And then I started coming back in 83. And, and since okay. then, I haven't missed a classic, even if it was the only race I made all year. I, I haven't missed a classic since uh, 83. Uh, luckily, I wasn't there for 82 because, of course, yeah. that didn't. I that was. was a bad weekend. But, yeah, that uh, was. was in Germany, but, still makes me cry. Um, well, when I started coming back, you know, I was pretty close with Joe Gosick. Of course, we went out to Indianapolis and stuff like that together. And and uh, whenever I'd come up, I'd stay with Joe for the weekend, and I'd fly back to Florida. I helped Joe a little bit, and, and Bobby Smith. And that's who it was. You know, just kind of, yes. You know, no big amounts back then. It was, you know, a little bit here, a little bit there, nothing, a new fire suit or whatever it was. Okay. You know. It was Smitty, wasn't he? Who was he? Oh gosh, who was he? Was it was it the Crusetti car? You know, he was in a bunch of different cars. You know, you know, Smitty, he jumped around. You know, pretty he, good, quite there. a bit. And, uh, yeah, but Smitty, I it dog, was really Smitty. Smitty. That's where I first heard your name. And, okay, and a loyal friend, and uh, boy, that one really, that one really hit us hard up here. Uh, yeah, Bobby, but yeah, uh, for sure. You know, we had a lot of fun and. Uh, you know, he was always uh, eager to help others. So, you know, I, I liked helping Bobby. You know, he was he was a he was a good guy. Bobby had Bobby had a passion for racing that just didn't quit. And I mean, he he just loved it. And I remember um, he he got into 
I think it was Tony Vecchio's modified at one point. And, you know, I think people were kind of like, what, really? <laughs> Smitty? Yeah. And the next thing you know, he's chasing the top five spot, and everybody's like, holy cow. Look at him go. And, um, you know, I remember talking to Gozik about it once, and Joe's like, you know, I, I don't remember exactly what he said, but it was something along the lines of, you know, uh, comparing his uh, – Results of the modified to Smitty, and he, I don't remember exactly. I wish I could because it was pretty funny how he said it. But um, it just went to show the the talent. But but Bobby was just so passionate and so dedicated to it, like all those guys are. Joe, I mean, look at Joe for crying yeah. out loud. You know, he's still going, and I hope that you know, I hope he keeps going for another year, two years, three years, as long as he feels good and. And has the fire for it. I hope he just keeps doing it because, you know, um, I, I heard somebody say not long ago that had just retired from their job that their biggest fear was that now they were going to get old. And and it took me a minute to understand what they were saying w- with that. But the, the idea is once you stop doing that thing that you love, you know, you, you just now it's like, what what am I doing? What do I do? Right. And And so... <laughs> You know, I just I hope he keeps going. But that's it was Bobby Smith. I knew because I I I did not remember you being with Joe. I'm I I'm I'm sure that you were, but I, like I just it didn't stick. But there was somebody I knew that, it, and I just couldn't think who it was where I first heard um, your name connected with a car, and it was it was Smitty, and I think it was when he was driving for Crusetti, I think. Bobby, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's where it was. Uh, I'm sure that I'm sure that's probably uh, who it was. So now, so you worked with Joe and you worked with Bobby. Kind of, how did you know? Where did you go from here? I mean, in eventually, obviously, you hooked up with Otto, and that we all know what's been the result of that. But talk about kind of your your history there. Well, I. Uh, I I went to started going to Indianapolis in 1990, and you know I met Davey Hamilton out there, and I knew he was a West. I had met him in Phoenix, but yeah. very briefly through the Copper World one year when Johnny Treacy and Eric Treacy and I went out there. But uh, <clears throat> when I met Davey at Indy, you know we got to talking about super modifieds, and we just kind of hit it off. We really, you know, we really talked a lot and Great about guy. the supers, and you know, for the first few years, I mean. When we started rooming together and getting apartments together for the month of May and stuff like that, I mean, we'd sit up till three, four o'clock in the morning and just talk about Nolan Swift and, yeah. and Art Bennett and like I, the names I previously mentioned. Yeah. Just we, you know, we had a passion for shooting modifieds, and we we became you know best friends and along the way, and then I was a spotter for him when he during his IndyCar days, and uh, so I was really out of the Swigo scene for, you know, you know. Till he got hurt in 2001, you know, I was gone, you know, from the Swigo except for Classic. And then when I come back one year in Furlong and uh, Joy on the Speedway, I think they were down to like 14 cars. And, uh, and Davey had gotten hurt, so, you know, he was off the IndyCar circuit, and there was no reason for me to be on the IndyCar circuit, so I kind of migrated back to the Oswego thing. Yep. And, uh, I, you know, I had zero knowledge about what it took. I thought I was just going to buy a frame and give it to somebody. To get a car, I wanted to get a car ready for Davey in case he got better that, uh, from his injuries that he had there. Yeah. He could come back and run classics. So 
that was the that was the premise of me getting started with getting a car. I bought a frame from uh, I put a deposit down. In fact, Andy Graves and Davey Hamilton and I went to uh, Hawksby's one day. And I gave him a three thousand dollar deposit on a frame. Okay. Little did I know that three thousand was probably going to loan me about two million. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. uh, over the years, you know, I mean, we've been so fortunate, you know, the, with all our success and stuff, to get the sponsorship. Really, it's been it's been fairly, uh, you know, I, I don't want to say it's been easy, but you know, we have attracted some good sponsorship and some good deals with Daisy and even with DJ when he uh, he brought money and and the girl with the Allison. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's all without sponsorship. And the culture racing would look much different than what it's, it looks like, you know. So for sure, but um, I put that car together, ran in. I had met Otto years prior with uh, uh, Doug Crusoe, introduced me to Otto one time. Okay. And then when I came back, I saw Otto in '06, and he was dominating. I come to a race or two that year, and uh, and I went down and talked to him after the race. I said, "Man, oh man." You have really learned how to go fast. Because, I mean, in the heat race, he was running 16.5s and 16.4s. And I'd say, man, you better slow down when you got a half a lap lead in the heat race. Blah, blah, blah. So I I, uh, I was looking for a team to give this frame to. And I had talked to, you know, several different teams. And uh, Mo, Mike Muldoon told me, uh, he called me one day, he goes, Otto's your guy. I go, Okay, well, I had already been talking to Otto. Okay. That just kind of solidified uh, what I was thinking. And uh, to be honest with you, Mike Muldoon told me that Otto was my guy. So make a long story short, Otto and I struck up a one-race deal. I paid him to put uh, he had, I paid him to put a car together for Davey. Oh, okay. I told him, you're going to drive it the first race. And after that, we'll reevaluate. And... Here we we've been together now 15 years, <laughs> never, and, and we're still on a one race deal. Never got around to that reevaluation, did you? <laughs> no, well, we evaluated that we were going to go next week. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then uh, he had sold his car, his yellow and black car that he was so dominant with. He sold it while he was building the car for me, and then that kind of you know uh, I w I didn't know Otto that well, and we didn't really talk, you know like we do now, and to make another long story short, when he sold his car, I said, well, shit, now we got to buy two. Well, I had to, I had to have one for Otto. So I'll put two cars together, and uh, one for him and one for Davey, and as they say, you know, this is history. Boy, is it ever. Uh, I mean, just uh, pretty incredible. Uh, and, and uh, you know, and and such you, you two um, – you know, you talk about the sponsors, and obviously those are huge. But the other thing that's always stood out to me about your team is the people that you and Otto had around you, because obviously Otto did a lot of a lot of it during the week. Um, and and of course, we all know he can drive the wheels off a car. Um, but um, you know, the people that you have on your team or have had over the years are just top notch people, and that really makes a big difference too. Yeah, very, very much so. I mean, uh, the group of guys that Otto has around him are just, you know, like you say, top-notch, hardcore racers. Uh, you know, I don't buy their pit passes. I don't buy their food. 
they just want me to buy the tires. So I made a deal. I'll buy the tires. All you need, you, they buy their own pit passes and, and food. And I mean, once in a while, we'll have a big party. We have a lobster cookout, usually classic weekend. And, nice. And, uh, uh, you know, I try to reciprocate because they've been so good and we've had so much success. I do try to do some things for them, but they, they, they don't, it's not required. These guys come from hours and hours away every week and, and they're so loyal to Otto and myself that, uh, you know, you know the deal. Without them, Otto and I would, re- you know, not be where we are today. For sure. Yep, absolutely. Uh, and of course, you know, now, uh, on to top wing stuff and, Isma, and you've been there about 20 minutes and won a championship. So that's that's, yeah. that's pretty amazing. Well, I mean, I was I think now <laughs> 17. I think she was one championship tour. 18 and 19, Otto won a Swigo championship. 20 we didn't race, and 21. So that's four years in a row we've had a championship somewhere. Yeah. So it's just uh, like like we've talked, you know, Otto and his. Uh, um, Ability is just, you know, just unbelievable. It's off the charts, man. It's just. It is. Yeah. I remember, and it's funny, too, because I was, you were talking about Otto's domination, and um, <clears throat> I was away in, uh, for a good part of the, the mid 2000s. I would come back, like, for classic or whatever, but I I had even forgotten just how dominant he was before, you know, you two got together. The, the, the memory that sticks out for me with Otto is when he was driving Bill Perry's car, which I, you know, had thought was either home built or, um, you know, certainly not, you know, wasn't a Graves or it wasn't a, you know, and, and I kind of thought, wow, if he can run that well with that car, you know, he's got to be good. And of course he'd run the, the limited slash SBS class too, and done really well there, I think. So, um, you know, but it just seemed like when the two of you got together and Otto kind of had, you know, had the resources around. And that's, I think that's really the, the, the big, the big thing is that when you're, when you own your own car and you're trying to do everything yourself and pay all the bills yourself and do all of that, you know, and then you get into a situation like, you know, he has had with you and with, uh, the sponsors that, that you collectively brought, um, and the people, it's just, um, yeah, it's still the same amount of work, but it's, it's almost this confidence that I know now whenever I go to the racetrack, I can win and I don't have to do everything myself. And that makes a, a very big difference when you know that you've got the, the resources. Um, if you need a new part or something, you know, breaks or you blow a motor, okay, we can, you know, we can do this. And that, that really makes a huge difference. And I feel like it just allowed Otto to, um, to focus on then sort of the mindset of, of mastering the car and mastering his driving at the same time. And it, I mean, that, it, it just, you know, we all, we've all seen the results. It's, it's just amazing what you guys have accomplished. Well, I mean, you know, the money buys part. Right. And, and we, we've definitely, I've never said no to anything right. that Otto needed. So, He's definitely had his parts, you know, that he's needed. But, you know, in 06, with his own car, he was dominant on his own money. He won six races right, that year. Right, The championship, 10,000 to win. He crashed hard in the Classic, knocked himself out. And then I hired him. I said, and then, so in 2008, we had a brand new car, but we did not win. 
we did not win a race. Yeah. We didn't win the championship. You know, I'm thinking maybe I should have. Maybe he hit his head a little too hard. <laughs> <laughs> sure, you can say uh, that now. No, uh, you know, it, it, it was it was a you know every car is different. It was yeah. supposed to be the exact thing that he had, but for some reason it didn't work. So after the 2008 season, I wanted uh, uh, a different frame. Uh, I think, to be honest with you, I think Joey used Chinese steel for that first car. <laughs> And I didn't, uh, and when I found out about it, I just said, you know what? I want a new, new frame out of U.S. steel. So, uh, I sold that car and we put a new frame under the equipment that we ran in 08. And then, uh, I mean in 07. And then once we came out in 08, we started running better. Uh, I think he won one race, but he did win the championship. And then in, uh, 09, he won his first classic and, a couple, two, three races, and, you know, I mean, it's been, uh, it was started off slow, but it was funny, uh, Tom, because uh, I think we won, like, our second or third championship, and I was uh, talking to him on the phone one time, he goes, don't get used to this. I said, he, I, oh, what? What do you mean? All, uh, winning all these championships, don't get used to it. It's hard. I go, Otto, if you can win one, you can win ten. <laughs> and that's what I told him, and that was 12 years ago. And uh, and he wrapped up his 10th title this year. And it's just been a uh, uh, – I would have never envisioned it, but I did say it about seven championships ago. <laughs> and now, you know, here we are. We do have 10 championships. Well, and a whole lot of memories that you're still accumulating because oh. now you're going to do the, you know, the, the wing uh, – the ISBA thing and, and, and start building – um, upon that championship that you just won, and now you're kind of branching off doing this series, which is really kind of a new, you know, new adventure, new chapter of the journey for you in the sport. And um, I, I I looked at the picture that you'd posted uh, with you and, and Davey and, uh, and Bones Bosher, who is one of my favorite people in all the earth, um, you know, and a, and a great, great writer that, that I really enjoyed working with uh with trackside magazine for a little while um when that was up and running and uh just looking at it it's like my gosh the the knowledge and the success amongst that group um and i didn't know the other gentlemen in the in the photo but the you know the amount of success there and the knowledge and the passion for the sport just in the three of you guys um you know, it's it that that's a pretty uh, pretty neat photo, and I'm sure that was a lot of fun to kind of uh, get everybody together and and sit down and have lunch or whatever and just uh, catch up. Yeah, it was fun. And the other guy, Larry Humphreys, he actually has more history than any of us. He's he was working with Randy Lanier and Bill Whittington. And, oh wow! And uh, he's he's an AJ Foyt uh, uh, lifer. He's been with AJ ah, forever. Okay. And uh, Larry has a collection of memorabilia, Tom. That I'm telling you right now, you 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 just won't believe it. Uh, he, I think he's got the the pit board from Foyt when Foyt won his fourth. Uh, Indy Indy Pro, wow. Four times. And, see, I'd love and, to and see that. Just got, and he was telling me a story at lunch the other day. Uh, if you go to uh, Netflix, you can watch uh, Bad Sport. With, uh, Randy Lanier. Okay. And 
we call him Flash. Flash at that time was working for Andy Lanier when huh. he was getting in trouble. Okay. And he was telling me a story that he left, they left Fort Lauderdale when the heat was on. They loaded up two tractor trailers and left in the middle of the night and drove out to California and based herself out there. And the name of Randy's team was Blue Thunder Racing. You watch that on Netflix. It's pretty interesting. And as they were leaving, Flash jumps out and grabs the sign up front that says Blue Thunder Racing. And he's got that Blue Thunder <laughs> Racing in his living room. Incredible. Uh, it's like, oh, my. And he's got T-shirts. He worked for Danny and Gaius. And oh, wow. Gary Bettenhausen. And, and he, he, he has more history than probably all the other three of us together. That's awesome. See, yeah, I he, love he's, that. A, he's like a walking encyclopedia. No, knew everyone uh, and worked with almost everyone. So, now, yeah, that was a fun trip. I want to ask you about something else, too, because I'm pretty sure that I got this right, but I'm not positive that I got this right. So I want to get you to talk about it. Um, there was, uh, there's, there's been sort of a, you know, a, a, a long, um, I'll call it a legend, even though I think it's actually true. Um, a, a, a story. It was in Bentley's book, but um, but it. Uh, I had heard it somewhere before that. Uh, read it somewhere before that, and then saw it again in the book, and said, "Okay, that this must be the truth." Um, and I think you were the guy. It was it you who was sitting in Dale Earnhardt's office when. Dale made the comment that you, 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 it was you that talked about, I'm on my way to Oswego Speedway, and yeah. Dale made the comment about, now I, I'm not even going to, I'm going to let you tell the story, because the, the comment Dale made I thought was awesome, and uh, just kind of showed the, 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 the legend, the status that Bentley had achieved in the sport, even at that time, let alone all these years later, but tell, tell that story as best you remember it. I was at, I was staying with Bill Simpson, visiting him for a few days. Me and Bill were very, very good friends. Okay. And I had met Dale Sr. a few times with Bill. And, you know, uh, Sr. won Charlotte one night and the night races, and Bill and I went to his condo after the race, and it was just three of us sitting there drinking beer after he won one of the biggest races. So wow. I knew Dale pretty pretty good. And uh, so when I was staying with Simpson, he goes, let's go see Dale. So I said, okay, so we go to the bush shop, it was right after Dale had won the uh, July 4th race at Daytona. Oh, okay. And uh, we go in the office, and he's sitting in there with his cowboy boots, sitting in his chair at the desk with his feet on the desk. And we're both sitting. He looks at me. He goes, what are you doing? I go, I'm on my way to Oswego. I'm going to drop off my Suburban, and then I'm going to fly home, and I keep my vehicle up there for the summer. And Simpson pops in. He goes, yeah, he's a big Chief Modified fan. And I, and uh, and Dale looks at me. He goes, "Super modified." I go, "Yeah, I grew up there, and kind of from that area." Blah blah blah. He goes, "Me?" He says, "Hell!" He says, "I'm a Bentley Warren fan myself." Oh And wow. then Bentley had just won the race that weekend prior. Okay. And uh, I told Dale, "I go, yeah, Bentley just won a big race last week." And then I remembered it, the Fourth of July race. I go, "Wasn't as big as yours, but you know, it was a <laughs> yeah. good one." You know, so. It was cool, you know. It was, it was, you know. Bill Simpson introduced me to almost everyone. You know, Bill knew everyone very intimately, and, I, and like I say, Bill and I were tight. And, you know, from Speedy Bill and to uh, you know, 
the first night I went to, uh, the second year I went to Indy, Rick Mears won the, his fourth Indy 500. And uh, we're in Simpson Suite in turn two. Oh, wow. Every, everything's winding down after the race. And Simpson says, come on, man, let's go. We're going, we're going to see Mears. So we go to the suite on the front stretch where Mears was with Roger Penske, Jim Williams, from, which is Roger's best friend. And we ordered McDonald's and drank Crown Oil and Coke. And we did the News 11 out on the deck. And, I mean, we sat up there the night of Rick's fourth win. I ended up eating hamburgers and drinking whiskey with Simpson and Penske and Mears. And, wow. I mean, it's just, it's just, you know, I don't know how I got in some of these spots that I found myself in, but it's been, you know, it's been a, you know, remarkable, uh, remarkable life, I got to say. Hamburgers and whiskey. There's a combination yep. for you. I, I think we can probably rewrite the lyrics to uh, Buffett's Cheeseburgers in Paradise uh, yeah. around that somehow. Uh, we'll need we need to work on that. Um, but uh, that's that's awesome. I mean, Indy is. I mean, I, gosh, the year I stayed for the 500, and of course, you know, everybody teases me because I've told the story enough that they all know that. I mean, I went out, you know, Rick Nelson and Rick and I used yeah. to go out all the time, and we'd go for the for Carburation Day, and then we'd. They used to run the Port City race on Sunday, so we'd turn around, drive back, um, and and I have to I have to say Rick would drive back all night yeah. to because uh, <laughs> otherwise he'll tease me about that too because I would just fall asleep. But anyways, we get back for the Port City. Well, the, we did stay. I think it was eighty nine. I think that we stayed because it was the year that Fittipaldi and Unser came together. And uh-huh. and I I always uh, I've told the story enough that everybody I think knows it now. We, the, you know, you get there, you, you know how it is. You have to get there at like six in the morning. You have this perfect place you park, and then you, so you you've been there all morning, and there's so much hype, and it's and it's hot, and it's so you finally <laughs> the race starts and everything sort of calms down a little bit, and I actually dozed off in the grandstand sitting oh, with, yeah. with Kathy. I I took like a twenty minute nap. It was like. Um, okay, you know, and so I, I, that's my, my indie story is I fell asleep at the Indy 500, <laughs> uh, you know, so it's, um, but that is such an amazing event and I, I can only, I mean, we, when I did the episode with, with Joe, uh, and he started talking about Indy and he went into such depth, which I was not expecting. That was one of the most incredible interviews I've ever done. Um, and, and not that I did anything except listen, but that's the point. Uh, and he just told this great story about it. Um, and uh, what a, what a, I mean, from your perspective, what was that like? Cause you guys were about as underdog as it gets. Well, it's like, you know, I had been going to Indy and then the, the IRL started and, uh, I ran into Bill Templer out west one, one we were somewhere. And I kept talking about Joe, 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 get Joe in there, put Joe in there, because he had somebody that went too good. To make a long story short, yeah. I got Joe the IndyCar test with Bill Tempura. So uh, in, in the end, you know, they're going to do a rookie test at Indy. So, you know, I kind of got Joe that ride. And then when we yeah. get to Indy, we see the ride. And to be honest with you, it was pretty rough. Yeah, that's what Joe said. So, uh it took two weeks, you know, to, to, to get the car to run long enough to pass his rookie test. We kept blowing a motor, blowing yeah. a motor. I stayed at the Speedway Motel. I got a room, you know, there at the, on the grounds. Parnelli always gave me one of his rooms. 
Oh, okay. And uh, I'd get up early in the morning because it had closed circuit. And then as soon as Joe got out there, I'd turn it on. I wasn't even out of bed yet. He'd blow it up. Oh, jeez. Every day, every day, every day. So to make a long story short, he passes his rookie test on the last day. That's it. This was the last day. And they stretched it for a week or two. Yeah. It was the beginning of the IRL. So I go down in there and I tell Joe, I go, Joe, grab all your stuff out of this garage. You're not coming back here. This is, you are not, this is over. Don't, don't, don't leave anything in the garage. Don't say anything. Grab all your stuff. This is over in here. You're not coming back here. Try to make the 500. So that night, Tony George, which I had been talking to Tony, talking to Tony. I talked to Foyt, tried to get AJ uh, to put Joe in and, and oh. know, trying everything I could to get Joe in somewhere. And uh, Tony George put some kind of deal together and uh, got Joe in the uh, car that he ultimately qualified. And, uh, but there was no mileage left on that car. And, you know, Joe got practically zero laps at speed. Yeah. And they told him, that's it. Come back tomorrow. You got a time trial. So Joe was kind of, you know, you know, thinking, 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 you know. I said, come on, Joe, let's take a ride on the golf cart. So I take him over to Simpson Suite. And, uh, and Parnelli was in there. And, uh, I was, you know, he was telling Joe, you know, do this, do that. Look over here, look down there. Just, just, just kind of calming out Joe down. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it was so nice, you know, that the people were so nice, you know, guys like Parnelli. I mean, Parnelli is a, a great, great guy. I mean, just great. I was really lucky to hang out with him and PJ, his son, and we became close and spent a lot of time with them out in California and all around the country. And, but, to, uh, so anyway, he gives Joe all this advice and everything and go down and, uh, qualify. He makes the race. And actually he, he bumped. Billy Boat. That's and, right, uh, yeah. Uh, and Floyd had put Boat in. And I had tried to tell him to get Joe, Joe in. There so you go, Floyd, AJ. When, when <laughs> Joe bumped Billy, I told Floyd, I go, I told you. Yeah. I told you. I told you. <laughs> so, but anyway, after that, after we qualified, we all go to dinner that night. A big group of us, right? And Parnelli was in there at the same restaurant. And he, he ended up buying the whole table for dinner. We didn't even know it. And wow. It was, it was, you know, so the night Joe qualified for his first Indy 5, well, it was only Indy 500. He didn't make it the second year. Yeah. But, uh, Parnelli bought dinner for all of us that night. That's awesome. A lot of good stories, man. Yeah. You know? Well, that's what makes the sport. The stories you are just, what make the sport. I was telling someone, I forget who I was telling to, it's things you forget, right? Somebody brought up uh, Carol Shelby, right? Okay. And I says, you know what? I says, me and Davey went to dinner with Carol Shelby in Las Vegas on his 80th birthday. Oh, wow. It was me and Davey, Carol Shelby and his wife, and one other gentleman. And we're at this fancy restaurant in Las Vegas, and I'm sitting at dinner with Carol Shelby on his 80th birthday. Incredible. I, I don't know, you know, I don't know how this stuff happens, but you know, it's it's been a it's been a crazy journey, and uh, I'm not ready to give it up yet. You know, I'm gonna keep doing what I can do to try to have fun till till it's over. 
Well, that's uh, that's all you can do anymore. And uh, I love to get back to the series. I love, uh, and I feel like I should. Uh, we we need to get together again so you can tell more stories. Uh, but I want to get back to the series because that's why we're here. Uh, this this series, I think, is is a great catalyst, or I hope it will be a great catalyst because. I think big block supers needed something like this. And, um, you know, obviously to do it at a Swigo is amazing. Um, you know, at some point it would be fun to see kind of a traveling. I was, my idea was always to take, you know, all the biggest races, the classics, so to speak, and make them, you know, make them big paying races and, and, you know, do that sort of thing. So you kind of made them the crown jewels. Um, but certainly I love the idea of an Oswego Bay series too. And, and um, the top wing is almost a neutralizer at this point because, you know, it's uh, with the new cars and, and all of that, the Oswego guys, a lot of them don't run the top wing, but a lot of the top wing guys don't run Oswego regularly. So it, it always seems like it somewhat balances out. And I think any more now, um, I mean, obviously, um, it's been Dave and Mike Lichty for a number of years at Oswego that have kind of been, I guess, the two guys that you look at. But now, yeah, obviously, you guys are, 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 you know, are there. And if we can, if we could just get some of the rest of the, 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 the rest of the best, as I want to say, because I don't, you know, I think, it's uh you got some guys in the isma circuit that that certainly are are very strong that i'd love to see you know mckennedy and and yeah. uh then your mss guys um you know get everybody together and and it does become like that sort of uh all-star kind of deal and yeah. you know i just think this has the chance to be something really really special well i mean part of the deal here you know there's a lot goes on that it's not etched in stone, but right now, you know, I have probably four or five commitments from guys that don't run the Oswego Classic uh-huh. that are going to run the Oswego Classic. Good. Because, you know, we got to do something. I mean, this is a lot of the guys that put up the money to, to make this three-race thing happen are Oswego fans. That's and, great. You know, Oswego is the true home of the Super Modifieds, and the location of it, Fits the bill for because it's five six hours for Ohio guys, five six hours from the New England guys, right? And, and you know four or five hours from the Canadians. So it, the location is perfect. The venue is you know historic. Um, so I mean, it just made sense to do it here. I love Oswego. I love the other places too. And uh, you know this is going to be something to build on. I mean, like I said, I think Clyde. You'll see Clyde. Uh, you, you're probably going to see McKennedy. Good. Um, you know, I think Holly will put a car in for the classic. Um, who else do I get? Uh, I can't even think of, of everyone, but there's like, uh, uh, you know, Danny Sewell. Good. You're going to see a lot of these guys running the classic that haven't been running it. Because, I mean, that's part of the deal. You know, we got to try to help us legal as well. And. Um, you know, if we can build on this next year, who knows? It could be a five-race series, but two of them will be with your Swiggle package. Right. Sure. Yeah. So, you know, kind of got to walk before you run yep. and uh, yep. try to make it simple for this year. But uh, you're going to see a lot of the uh, uh, the best of the best, as you say, uh, come. Uh, like I said, I've talked to almost everyone, and uh, I think there's going to be big support. And we got to get the fans out there. 
you know, so the Speedway can survive it. All this money that we've really uh, uh, acquired through sponsorship is going to the racers. Right. So, you know, we've uh, got a good purse. And, uh, you know, now the Speedway needs to see something, you know, so they can keep their doors open and, uh, without going broke. Exactly. Yep. I agree. And I, I, I want to get them, I want to get them grandstands full. I mean, we're going to be coming out with some, you know, four page ads here. I and mean, we're still working on a couple more deals. I got, uh, you know, I got sponsorship for, uh, a pill draw. Uh, businesses, the local businesses are going to be drawing the pills for the driver. Oh, cool. And, uh, they basically put up 500. And if their driver wins, they get back 1,000. Wow. So I got I got eight spots sold. I got four more to go, and then because when I do the uh, advertising, I want to be able to put all the companies and sponsors on the page. So, right. As soon as I get uh, a little bit further into this, you know, we'll uh, we'll have something in print that uh, people can read, and uh, you know, I mean, I'm going to talk to some different people, maybe do some. I don't know what I can really get away with as far as uh, expense, but. You know, I wouldn't mind doing some TV stuff, uh, get somebody to do a commercial or, you know, I'm looking for a title sponsor. It doesn't end, you know what I mean? You just keep going. Exactly. Yep. Well, that's, uh, that's amazing. And we're, uh, we're, we're very excited about it. And I know the fans are excited about it. I have to believe that, uh, those, those race dates are going to be three mini classics. Next yeah, year. They, they really are. I mean, you know, I was looking at the purse for the Star Classic, and uh, I think it paid 5000 to win, and now here, you know, here we are. We're going to have three of them right there. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. I think uh, that that changes, like I said, it, it's something you can build upon, and it's something that you can build around. When you start generating that kind of a buzz, then that sort of spreads to everything else that's going on as well. Um, around it, so you know that that really uh, it's it's just awesome, and and uh, I I thank you for the work that you um, have put into it. We will um, I will obviously once you get ready to announce all the sponsors and everything, all you got to do is just let me know. We'll you know we'll talk yeah. about them. We'll do all of that on the you know the show is here for you. Um, you know this this show is is designed to. To, to be, you know, a, a vehicle or a voice for super modified racing. And this certainly is uh, is an amazing thing that you're doing. So, um, you know, whatever whatever we can do, whatever I can do, uh, you got it. And, um, you know, just make this as big as, as it can be made. And hopefully it's, uh, it's the first of many uh, uh, yearly, you know, series like this. And, and it spawns, like I said, I, I see the Berlin thing, and that's a great, that's yeah. a cool deal. Um, you know, again, uh, co-sanctioned, I love that. That's just, for years, you know, so many of us have been saying, come on, y'all, just, just you know, let it go, you know, yeah. <laughs> let it let it go, um, you know, and, and let's all work together for the good of the class as a whole. And it seems like there's some common ground being etched again, and that's, that is incredible. I think in today's world, you know, you got to do maybe less shows and do bigger shows, you know, bigger events, and maybe less of them, but enough that the, you have enough to, yeah. you know, build a car or, or buy a car or whatever. You got to have, you know, you got to have your eight, 10, 12 shows, but uh, 
don't get them strung out so far. Just make them bigger and, and better. And maybe drop one or two of them if you have to, but do something that's bigger and better. Yeah. And, and everyone comes together and get that full car count out there. And I mean, that's, that, I think that's the start. And after that, you know, you kind of got to get the fans in, like I said, but you got to get something for the fans to uh, look at. So once you get a full field and, you start getting into the lap traffic. The racing becomes better. And it's not so much follow the leader. And, uh, you know, so we'll see what happens. You know, we, we, we're working on it, and a lot of good people have uh, uh, put their two cents in. And, uh, you know, we'll, I, I think, like you say, summer next year looks like to be a, an exciting time for uh, some of these uh, races that are coming up. Well, uh, stay on the line here, uh, and uh, we'll uh, we'll talk to you here. Uh, but uh, we're going to uh, we're going to leave that right there, and uh, just know, folks, that this is the first of what I hope will be several interviews over the course of time with John and anyone else who's pertinent to this. Um, you know, we'll uh, we'll do all we can to bring you all the news that that, that we can, and and. Uh, um, but uh, we just have had a blast with John and, and appreciate you coming on. Uh, we're going to take a break uh, and, and be back with more of Inside Groove, episode 86, right after this. Hey, here's a little fish tale for you. It's about a place named Skip's Fish Fry. Skip's Fish Fry is located at 42 West 2nd Street in Oswego, they're open Tuesday through Saturday, 11 to 7. So don't call them on Sunday or Monday. They're gone fishing. They are open Tuesday through Saturday, 11 to 7. They serve a variety of great fish, burgers, Hoffman hot dogs, conies, lobster, soup, salad. They even have cheesecake if you feel like some delicious dessert. I love their haddock pieces. That's one of my favorites. Uh, and they just have great food. It is the best fish in the Port City. I'm not just saying that because they're a sponsor of the show. It is one of the first places that I go to eat every time I'm in town. So call Skip's Fish Fry or go visit them on their website at skipsfishfry.com. And by the way, you can order online and just go pick it up. It's a great way to go ahead and take care of the not-so-fun part before you get there. And then when you get there, just pick up your food, bring it home, and enjoy. Skip's Fish Fry, 42 West 2nd Street in Oswego. Go visit them. Welcome back to Inside Groove, our final segment for this particular episode. And let's jump straight into what's in a number. The number 86. Interesting number. Um, I don't, off the top of my head, recall uh, very many super modifieds that have used that number. When I think of the number 86, actually, the first uh, Oswego Speedway car that jumps to mind is there was a limited super modified driver named Chris Main or Mine. I can't remember how he pronounced it, but uh, he had a, I want to say it was, it was either a Hedger or a Whelan chassis that uh, was kind of like purplish blue in color, I think. And it was always, I always, it just stood out because you didn't see many other cars that color. Um, and a nice guy, too, and a fairly good racer as well, as I remember. But that's the first 86 I remember. 
Now, on the super modified side, there are two that come to mind. And one, I think, gets an asterisk because I don't I'm not sure that he actually actually there are three now. I just thought of another one that was a number change, I think. Um, so in chronological order, the first one I remember that I think was 86, but only for a minute was, was, uh, a guy, Denny Wheeler at one point, and this goes back to the seventies, mid seventies. I don't remember which year, maybe, um, 75, 76, 77 in, in that area. It was after Denny started buying the Lindblad cars, and I think it might have been his second or third one. He had he brought back the one before it. So at one at one point he had two cars. He had two complete Lindblads, and he sold one of them. And I I remember the guy's name because it's just a different name that you don't hear. You don't know too many guys named Deke, right? It was Deke Hundley, and I don't know where he was from, and I don't know much about him. I never did know much about him. I. I think he had some history with supers from somewhere else other than you know our area up there um but i don't really know the history but he i the the way i think i remember it going is they made the deal at the track and and deke paid him for the the older of the two cars so you know the check was handed over or whatever and deke took possession of it suited up went out and hung the car on the first turn wall um inside humbrail is i i think it was turn one um, I don't know if he even put five laps on it before that happened, but, um, and I'm not sure he ever raced it, but I think that it, I think that car for that period of time that night was 86. So there's your first one. There's your first 86. Uh, and again, I'll put an asterisk there. Now I'm also thinking that maybe at one point there was a guy named Joe Orso that I think raced there before Denny Wheeler did. And I think maybe when Denny came, Joe went from 96 to 86 for a short time because Denny had the 96 register. But I'm not sure of that. I that I I just think I remember something of a conflict between Orso's number and Denny's. And that would have been maybe it was 73, but it might have even been before that. 71, 72, somewhere in there. Um, I don't think I ever saw Joe race, but I think I remember reading it in an old program at some point somewhere along the way. Now, the one I just thought of that I said also is a number change. I think this occurred. I think when once or twice when Willie Stutzman, um, (laughs) now there's a guy I wish I could have interviewed at one of these shows because I bet that would have been highly entertaining. Um, wow, Willie, uh, when, when Willie came, I think to run classic, there may have been a point where he ran his 86 from 88, which was his regular number because I would guess the Budnick car was racing, which had several drivers. So I would, I don't even remember who would have been driving it then. Cause he, he had a number of different ones, but um, I think that might have been a number change. I think Willie might have run his 86 a time or two. And then the uh, last legitimate one, and maybe the only legitimate one that I remember in the Supers, 
And, and I say legitimate as in it was the car number from the start. It wasn't the number change. Um, was Keith Dempster out of Canada, and that car was beautiful. I don't remember even what car that was. I I have to think Keith bought it. I can't remember, though. He either built it or bought it, obviously, But I and I don't remember what car it would have been, but that car was... I, I feel like I remember some red and white on the car, maybe some black. Um, like, I can kind of picture it in my mind, but not clearly. But I, I know Keith was 86, and that was the last 86 I remember. And, and, you know, again, there may have been, you know, some other number changes or whatever, but if you can think of any, by, by all means, drop them in the comments. If there are any in the 60s, let's try to get them all out there. Um Feel free to, to put them out there. Uh, but uh, not a an often used number in super modified history, the number 86, at least that I remember. So that's always fun. Um, again, you know, if you can think of one I didn't or correct me on something I said that was wrong, please do. And uh, let's have some fun with that. Okay, before we uh, cut out of here, before I cut out of here, I, uh, I just want to ask us to, uh, gosh, I feel like there's been so much heaviness in our super modified family lately. Um, I just want us to, uh, all take a minute as I'm doing this show, I believe the service, the celebration of life for Tim Glidden is, is going on. Um, and, uh, want to, want to ask us all to take a minute to continue to pray for Jody and the Glidden family dates family, uh, all of the RBI uh, family was all that's one giant family there and um, just pray for them all uh, for continued kind of strength and comfort for them. Um, but also Doug Haveron is in the hospital and I don't know um, how many of you know that I know some of you probably aren't on Facebook, but Doug is Doug is in the hospital. Um, he's something I don't want to I don't want to say the wrong thing, but I, I'm just trying to to look at the post and uh, something to do with uh, with his lungs, and I, and I guess he's he's pretty sick, so something's going on there. Um, and so, uh, if you would just please pray for quick healing for him and uh, for strength and faith and comfort and uh, for wisdom and clarity for the doctors as well who are treating him to uh, you know find what ails him and, and uh, knock it out. Um, so I know Doug will attack uh, this will, with all the tenacity that, uh, you know, he uh, attacked a super modified race or any race that he was running. So it was good to see Doug back at the track again and, and good that he had the chance to do that. If you would, please pray for, for Doug. Okay, uh, that's it. I got nothing else here. I, I really had a great time with John Nakotra. I hope you all enjoyed that. And again, quick thank you to all of our sponsors, Rich Worth and JNS Paving, um, the entire staff of LaGroff's Pub and Skip's Fish Fry, Sean Cathcart, obviously heading those to uh, fine eating and drinking establishments up, and um, Jeff West and IPC Indy Indy Performance Composites. Um, again, uh, we ask that uh, you patronize those people in those places because they support super modified racing and the Oswego Speedway. So uh, thank you all for listening to this show. Again, we will have uh, one more end of November, most likely probably Thanksgiving weekend Sunday is, is when 
you'll see the next show out. That'll be episode 87. And then at least one, if not two, in December to round out the year. Lots going on. I Lots I want to do with this for next year. So excited about uh, some of those prospects. There's just some technology and some things that I haven't had that uh, that's what we're doing. It's what we're building. It's what we're putting in place so we can um, we can find more ways to, to meet and have, have a good time and, and talk about super modified racing and all of that. So thank you for listening and uh, have a great couple of weeks. Be safe. I'm Tom Baker. So long. You've been listening to Inside Groove, powered by IPC Indy, creating performance parts and solutions for the automotive, aerospace, and communications industries. Find them on the web at www.ipcindy.com. Inside Groove is a Race Chaser Media production. For more exciting and passionate motorsport content, follow Race Chaser Media on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube, and visit racechasermedia.com. The opinions expressed by our guests are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, affiliates, or marketing partners of Race Chaser Media. No part of this show may be reproduced in any manner without the expressed written consent of Race Chaser Media. Thank you for listening.